whispering in the trees It's two cities and they're only Pipes and chains and swinging hands Who's your daddy? Yes, I am Bad cat came to play Now you can't run fast enough You best stay away When the pushers come to shove It's a riot Throw back a bottle of beer Welcome to Disney Minus, the Disney podcast where we are slowly but surely working our way through every single Disney movie ever. My name is Steven, and I've been a talking jumpsuit all along. My name is Kat, and I'm not sure where this gum on my couch came from, but I'm going to eat it. Uh, I'm Dan, and I've decided to be both a toy, an alien, and a scientist. <laughs> today today we are covering the, what was it, 1999? I don't know. Uh, 1999. We'll say 99. Yeah, there we go. 1999 movie, My Favorite Martian, based on, I guess, the TV series from the 60s? I forgot to Yeah, check. it was based on the TV show. Okay, good. They mentioned an incident of 64 a few times, which I kind of wonder if that was a reference to the show, since it ran from, like, 63 to 66, but there we go. That sounds about right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not enjoy this movie. Aw, mean. I thought it was okay. I mean, like I said before, I like it for Christopher Lloyd. Elizabeth Hurley can be funny. And I do like how, uh, oh, who was it that did the suit voice? Uh, I keep forgetting the actor's Right, name, but, but he's uncredited, but I loved him in that. I, like, I love the fact that they snuck him in there. Although I wish they would have credited credit, because yeah. he was likely entertaining. Was, I keep forgetting the actor's name, but he was uh, Newman in Seinfeld. He was that guy in Wayne Nedry was his name. Okay, yeah, and he was go. the guy that got eaten by the spitter in Jurassic Park. Yeah, there we go. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, Zoot was my least favorite character. I that's fair. Yeah. No offense to Wayne Knight, but he's the kind of guy where you really can only take it small doses. Yeah, no, that is that is super fair. The the talking jumpsuit was. I mean, he it's a it's like funny concept wise, but yeah, he wears on you after a while. Oh, pun not intended. I also have like a weird take where I guess it's somewhat related to this movie, but whenever I see Christopher Lloyd in something that was made like in the 21st century or even like the late 90s onwards, I feel kind of bad for him because he tends to be in like really bad movies and he tends to look way too old to be in that. That's yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Like, I think he was in some thing recently for, like, a game announcement. And, like, he was in that, and he was playing the role of Doc Brown, but Doc Brown, apparently, 30 years later, it looked... Oh. Oh, no. It looked unfortunate. Uh... Okay, yeah, poor guy. <laughs> All right, so movie. Yeah, movie. Uh, like I said, we are covering My Favorite Martian today, uh, which is about an alien from Mars, obviously, played by Christopher Lloyd, who crash lands on Earth and hides out with a reporter, who basically his arc ends up being, should I expose this guy to the public? No, I like him, so I won't do that. And that's honestly the movie. Yeah, the... 
contrary to what everyone around him wants. Yeah. Let's see. The movie opens with a Mars probe collecting rocks. And they're like, it's like just getting samples and stuff. And it ends up cutting out after a certain point. And just over whatever rock it was about to collect, there's a massive city. A massive alien city. Yeah. <laughs> it missed it by that much. Yeah. There's a joke and in there we... about space exploration being a boondoggle. <laughs> yeah, there's we get um like as it as the camera's panning out and showing the city, we get basically just voiceover from I guess what's supposed to be the whole NASA crew, and there's a guy in the background uh, who says, um, I wrote this down because it's just an oh honey moment. There's a guy in the background who goes, I'd say this was five years and three trillion dollars well spent. And you're just like, oh, honey. Guys. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess from the Earth perspective of not knowing that there were aliens running on the other side of the ridge, maybe it was. <laughs> but <laughs> Given Earth's well, reaction to said aliens most of the time, that was probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we cut to these, this uh, city called Santa Barbara, presumably on the West Coast somewhere. Uh, oh, yeah, California. Yeah. yeah. And we see a man uh, driving his car up into the parking lot, and he tries to get out, but his blazer gets caught in the car door. Uh, yeah, it straight up just noms his suit jacket. <laughs> oh, nom, nom. Yeah. Uh, we soon find out that this is O'Hara, a news reporter from... Or, a news reporter who works at this news station. Which, I forgot to write down the name of the news station, but honestly, it's not important. <laughs> no. I honestly don't remember it either. Uh... <laughs> MGTS. We're so good at this, y'all. MGTS and give me a minute. <laughs> I mean, y'all go ahead and talk to the movie. I'm still looking for the oh. station. <laughs> sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was like, what? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, sure. Uh, we get like this... I think we get this whole scene with them just like talking... or These people like talking to... Uh, it, uh, it's like... The boss man giving out orders and stuff. Yeah, it's basically like following kind of the group of reporters uh, through, I guess, kind of the bullpen area of of their offices or whatever. But yeah, basically the boss is like giving out assignments like you go do this story, you go work on that one. And Tim, Tim, our main character, is like the last one picked, just like he was probably the last person picked in school for kickball. He works for the Los Angeles Sun. Hmm. That's it. Okay. Okay. He almost gets like an opportunity to do a, a a launch news report, but he loses the opportunity. But he's able to can he starts to like try to win over the chief, uh, because uh, the reporter on the assignment or the news reporter on the assignment is uh, Brace, who he apparently works very well with. Uh, and is a memo. Yeah, we when when he tells him tells the chief this info, the chief's like, "Oh, so you work really well with my daughter." 
Yeah, and it's just one of those like freeze frame type moments where it's like, ooh, you ever accidentally tell your boss that you're trying to date his kid? Like, well, shit. There's also just a brief reference to the fact that Brace uh, uh, spent most of her her schooling years in British boarding schools, which is why when we see her in the next scene, she has a British accent. Okay, I did not catch that line. And, like, not that it super bugged me, because I also kind of don't care, but... It didn't catch that line, so I was sitting there like, why is his daughter British? But okay, there we go. I did catch one of the assignments being handed out is uh, apparently some some report he's also wanting to cover about in a senior citizen tanning contest, which will come back later on in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the reporter's name is O'Hara. Uh... The boss man's name is Mr. Channing. Uh, we also learn that O'Hara has, like, a decade of experience working with newspapers, and now he's working for TV News. Uh, oh, like, he manages to win over Mr. Channing because, like, Mr. Channing's like, you remind me when I was younger, and I was an idiot when I was younger. But you got nerve, so you get the space shuttle job. But yeah, he basically, like, the chief tells him, you've got the, I'll give you this assignment, but if you screw it up, you're fired, basically. So it's one of those, like, oh, man, I got to do a really good job, because it's my whole thing, my whole job writing on this one report. It's the do-anything-to-make-it-happen kind of situation. Yeah, which, for the next scene, that for when it, hops over and actually shows us the scene. It's all just pretty standard, so it's... Like, I guess that was really low stakes to put your entire job on, but hey, good for you, I guess. <laughs> you do you, man. <laughs> yeah, uh... So, uh, let's see. We cut to the next scene, uh... Uh, we, we see Brace. She's a news reporter. She chews gum. Uh, she spits the gum into a hand... In the, into the hand of a man named Billy, who I think is a sex pervert. Yeah, no, Billy definitely is. He is way too happy just to have her spit her gum in his hand. Don't kink shame. I will. Uh... I mean, God, first you kink shame the stripper mice and the great mouse detective, and now this poor guy who just likes spit gum. Listen. Horny people have no rights. <laughs> this is a fact. This is a fact of society. Uh, so, the shadow what? Uh, so, like, we get, like, this bit of... We get, like, the whole bit of O'Hara having to, like, feed, in, feed, like, the actual, like, dialogue to Brace during the report... Uh, which is kind of neat. I don't know if that happens for real, but I did sort of dig it. I know they can. I know they get fed cues and everything like through their little earpieces, but I think I don't think they're technically supposed to have like their entire dialogue fed to them unless they're well, in this case, complete idiots. Let's see. It's just a shuttle that's uh, 
it, this isn't really like an important bit of dialogue, but like, but like this shuttle called the Atlantis is launching. It's going to uh, observe this comet that's a- approaching. And yeah, which honestly stops mattering in like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. The also, this is just a weird bit of information, but there is only one person on on a, the shuttle, which is the ashes of Jerry Garcia. Yeah, they're calling it Project Deadhead, nope. and they're shooting Jerry Garcia's ashes into space on the shuttle, which, like, for as big a deal as they make of it in the moment, you would think that would matter to the rest of the movie, but it, it really doesn't. No. I feel like um, they could definitely could have done more with that. The shuttle launches, and uh, then we get a little comedy bit where O'Hara s- says, You're so beautiful, on, uh, accidentally on the mic. So Brace says to uh, the reporter guy that he's so beautiful. Because, like, I mean, one, yeah, ha 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 ha, he accidentally told her that she was beautiful in that situation. And, like, does she just not have a filter? Like, she just, I must have not even been thinking about the lines that he was feeding to her, because she just immediately parrots it back to the captain guy, who gets all flustered, and, oh my god, this pretty girl likes me, you're beautiful too, and gives her his number. Yeah. Mission Control is observing the comet, but then they realize the comet's gonna crash into Earth. Uh, yeah, it starts, like, zigzagging all over the place, which it's, like, the implication is that when it cuts over to the spaceship crashing here in a minute, I guess they must have been following that, but it's, like, this would have been a comet that they'd have been following for a while now, so I'm not really sure how you get that mixed up. Uh, I, wait, how long? This is begging the question of space travel time, but... I shan't focus on it. Uh, <laughs> Brace, like, we cut back to the the news crew, and Brace is, like, giving O'Hara the captain's number because she's, like, really mad about this. Because O'Hara messed it all up. That night, O'Hara drives home, and a spaceship crashes down in front of him. He starts to go after it, and... We get just a brief shot of this alien who, a real Mac and me looking sort of alien, I gotta say. (laughs) Brace nearly crashes into him, but like he fills her in and she sees this as a good story opportunity. So she follows after him. Uh, Yeah, at first he thinks it's a plane crash and she does the stereotypical TV reporter thing of, oh my god, a plane crash, that's terrible. We don't even have it on camera. Did anybody get that? What a tragedy. This alien activates a cloaking device or something. I think. It basically, like, instead of turning the ship invisible, shrinks it down to more or less the size that you could palm it. About, like, the size of a basketball or something. Right. Which, to be fair, I would love to be able to do with my car. If I could just make it small, stick it in my pocket for the day, great. They're just, like, observing this weird bit of wreckage. 
Uh, Brace doesn't care. She's smoking a cigarette. She, which she throws away before it's even half done. It's like, okay, like girl. She's just really mad. Uh, she is. She's not happy with the situation. She doesn't seem to like Tim very much. I guess she was mad at that cigarette. <laughs> yeah, she. She like throws the cigarette. And it hits the alien in the face. Uh, the alien does something with the cigarette, but I don't know what. Uh, he like he like kind of swipes it off his face real quick, but then like puts it out with a space loogie. Huh? Puts it out. Yeah. Face. O'Hara and uh, Brace head back to their cars. It's at this point that I notice that. Brace's license plate does say Dad's Gal. Oh, I never caught that. That's of, like of course, of, of course she would. I mean, it's kind of it's a funny detail, but like of course she would. Like you would expect her to have, you would expect someone like that to have a vanity plate, just maybe not specifically Daddy's girl or Dad's girl. Oh, I'm a, I'm fully assuming her dad paid and got that put there. Oh yeah, if her dad paid for it, definitely. Oh, yeah, that that does make a lot more sense. Right. Uh, Daddy little girl is an idiot. Brace tells O'Hara to consider this their first and last date. The alien eats a thing on its belt and turns into Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Which, dude, okay, to be fair, shape-shifting gum would be pretty neat. It really would. Except for, you know, as we'll see later on, if you accidentally swallow it. So it sneaks into the trunk of O'Hara's car, since I think he has the little shuttle that's turned into a toy yeah. now. Yeah, uh, at this point, Tim saw the tiny little toy shuttle, and to his credit, does assume that it must be real and somehow got smaller, because he swears it was bigger before, and it definitely made a bigger crater than that. So to his credit, he's he's smart enough that he's got that much figured out, at least. Bigger than before. See, O'Hara drives home. He he briefly meets meets up with uh Mrs. Brown and she gives him some brownies. Uh, <laughs> brownies. Sorry. Oh, she she even makes that joke. Ha ha! Get it? I'm Mrs. Brown and they're my brownies. She's what his landlord, I think. I think so. Oh, she mentioned she talks about rent or, or a little bit later on. So I think that is I'm his assuming. landlord. Okay. Yeah. But the the important part from this scene is she mentions that there's going to be a rummage sale coming up here in a few days that I guess people are all tossing stuff in to have sold. And be Tim, somewhere in the drive home, I guess, forgot how important this tiny ship that he picked up is because he tells her, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and add this into it. And it's like, what right. could it do? My my dude, you ju you just you just picked that up from a crash site on the beach. It's human nature. If it's not immediately shiny, eh, throw it away. Or get money for it. See, he gets a voicemail that he got fired. Uh, he has this yeah. <laughs> he has this weird toy with like some mid-century comedian. I don't know who the comedian is. Yeah, I feel like you're supposed to recognize who it is, but I don't know. 
but basically it's set up as like kind of a little yes man kind of thing so it just reacts to anything you say by going yeah that's a great point or something along those lines Christopher Lloyd breaks into uh O'Hara's house and he uh sets off an alarm which is the comedian toy which he thinks is a real person because he's sitting there like basically threatening it and telling it to keep quiet or he'll shoot it. And it, of course, talks because it's just a toy. And he does throw what he thinks is an alive man out the window. He does do that, huh? Uh, O'Hara is caught on by this point and hits him, and hits him with a golf club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does the whole, I've got a gun, and it's just a golf club, which is just as effective. To me, at least, kind of funny. <laughs> like, at least he actually had something rather than the usual gag of, you know, you hold your hand under your coat, acting like you've got something and you got none. <laughs> <laughs> you got your hand in the shape of a gun. <laughs> the spacesuit comes off of a, of a Christopher Lloyd and does this weird reversal where... He hurts O'Hara's balls. Uh, I this this alien spacesuit knows who both Tiger Woods and who Jimmy Hoffa is. Yeah, he's like already making Earth pop culture references, and like when it's later on in the movie, it makes a little more sense because they've been here for about a week, and you can just say, "Oh, maybe the suit watches a lot of TV." Is Mars getting our TV broadcasts? Like, are they watching Earth TV? I don't fucking know. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I genuinely don't understand how the hell... Like, at least... It's it's like with the genie in Aladdin. At least... At least you can say the genie is magical and somehow knows these 20th century references, but... This suit shouldn't know, and I hate that it knows, because... None of its jokes are funny. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's it's one of those things that was probably funnier to, like, the parents that were being taken by their kids to go see this, or who watched the original series in the 60s. Maybe the suit made a lot of pop culture references in the original TV show, I don't know. I think it did, because like they said, not only was it inspired by the show, but it also kind of expanded on it. So I guess if you already liked the show, it was probably a lot more funny. But, I mean, there's a reason this was kind of the reason why they stopped making movies that were spinoffs of sitcoms in that era. (laughs) I mean, literally it was. I forgot where I found it, but it was. This was one of the reasons why they stopped doing it, because it did so poorly in theaters. As it should have. It's a ta- yeah. it's a bad movie. Uh, yeah, I defended the movie at the beginning, saying I liked it. But the more we talk about this, Dan, you might have been right. This might not actually be a very good movie. Would you uh, Would you like to uh, revise that statement there, uh, Stephen? <laughs> no. Would you like to retract your previous uh, previous commitment to the movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> this This week's episode is a learning experience for me, apparently. <laughs> The important uh, thing is you admitted it. Yeah. Fine. Anyway, no, back to the movie. Um Tim loses a fight to a suit. Yeah. <laughs> we do Which is like, not a the suit every day. 
the suit and Christopher Lloyd are separate entities, which at first I didn't quite get, but now I understand. It's a sentient suit. Oh, yeah, and the suit's name is Zoot, by the way, which is... Zoot suit. <laughs> there's, I feel like they're going for that, but it's also just like, oh, yeah, I've got my clothes and I named them clothes. Zoot Suit Riot. Uh, it's sentient like the cloak of levitation <laughs> from Doctor Strange, except not as entertaining. No offense to Wayne. Damn, you're right. That one doesn't even talk and it's a better character. It's silently snarky, which makes it funnier. Yeah. More on that when we get to Doctor Strange. <laughs> if we get to Doctor Strange. Maybe someday. Uh, Eventually. Yeah, it'll happen someday. There, uh, oh, I forgot to mention this, but, like, uh, there's this other reporter who, who, uh, works with them, Nate, who works with, uh, O'Hare and Brace named, uh, Lizzie. She's a camera woman. Uh, uh, she comes over. I don't remember. Did he, like, invite her or something? I can't remember. Uh, no, he he invites her over later in the movie, but this time she just kind of shows up. So my guess is she must have already found out he was fired and come over to check on him. That was my guess. Probably. You could see the writing on the wall there. Uh, yeah. Or maybe she was just thirsty. I don't know. But anyways, Lizzie shows up and... Uh, <sighs> Like Tim, Tim's knocked out, so he can't go talk to her. Yeah. So Chris, um, Christopher Lloyd, who at this point we don't actually know his character. Well, I mean, even when he when he eventually gives a name, it's probably not his real name. But anyway, the alien is basically just looking out the window, like, "Oh my God, what do I do?" And yeah, and the uh, suit just starts to pantomime making make out with her. Yeah. Uh, this the suit. Uh. Tells him to morph into O'Hara, so he does that. Dick out. Uh, <laughs> he does. He goes to answer the door, just naked. <laughs> so, uh, Lizzie is mortified, and then he realizes that. Oh, oh wait, there is a nudity taboo on this planet, and he goes back, puts on the alien suit. She's still confused. Uh, she asks if he's a Trekkie. <laughs> Alright. Uh, and he's like, yes, sure. Uh, sci-fi. I am. We'll go with that. He makes out with Lizzie, and I do not like this at all. Uh, yeah, like, she she thinks that he's Tim, and, like, you're supposed to gather, oh, okay, she must have feelings for Tim, because she is into it at the time, but, like, it's very much some dude pretending to be the guy that she likes. Yeah. Let's see, he feels feelings or something. Was he ah. did enjoy it apparently? Uh <sighs> But the scene's over. I hate it. Um Yeah, anyway, it switches over to Back to the crash site where the feds have already gotten their stuff set up and are investigating. And 
You know, they just made a Star Trek reference, and the guy who played the Grand Nagus in Deep Space Nine is playing, like, the lead scientist, so... Oh, that's awesome. Damn. Yeah, and then there's, like, the other scientist who, uh... Is that actor who's in a bunch of Disney movies? He plays Rex uh, in Toy Story. I can't remember his name. Yeah, that's that's him. It's the same guy. Uh, Wallace Shawn. Yeah, all right. Wallace Shawn. Uh... Anyway, the important part of this scene is they find Brace's cigarette that's got alien DNA on it. <laughs> I'm sorry. His voice just gets me. Yeah. I don't blame him. I did not expect him to go that... To like be to sound like this even when not voice acting. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean it's always amazing when I find out a voice actor just sounds like that. Like uh let's see, just a couple examples. Like Dante Bosco. Uh He does just sound like that, doesn't he? Jeez. He, he does just yeah, Dante Bosco just naturally sounds like a teenage boy. <laughs> the oh what's his name tom sharkling uh, chris sabbat from like oh yeah but yeah chris sabbat from like every anime uh tom sharkling did you say yeah tom sharkling uh who is like a radio personality now a podcaster ah. who voices greg universe it was wait he was fun to oh okay okay uh I love Steven Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to the best show if you want to just hear the voice voice actor for for Greg Universe just naturally sounding like that. Oh, that's... Uh, Let's see. see, uh, Regrettably, we go back to Tim's home. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Oh! There is just one brief mention uh, to uh, the incident of 64, which I thought was like a reference, which probably refers to the original TV series or whatever. Uh, but I think there is like an actual answer later. Yeah, yeah, there, there, like it that does come back later on, which I, to be fair, as much as I'm realizing this movie might not have been very good actually i am still a sucker for like small throwaway lines that end up coming back later on in the movie like the senior citizen tanning thing the incident of 64 yeah yeah that that's neat um oh also they're like no wait you mentioned that already never mind i'll we cut to the next scene it's the next morning uh tim's freaking out mm-hmm Christopher Lloyd explains to O'Hara that this is the that he has the Zoot the Zoot Nex three thousand. It's a living spacesuit. I think Mrs. Brown shows up, and yeah, like he, I forget why. I guess just checking in. Yeah, landlord stuff reasons. Yeah, that. <laughs> anyway, she, all landlords are bastards. She shows up. Yeah, she reminds us of that real quick. Tim is. Like, still freaking out and tries to show her, look at the spaceship in my living room! But, like, to gaslight him, Christopher Lloyd has already made it tiny back to toy size again. He tells her that uh, that Tim just got fired and is having a nervous breakdown. And her immediate response is, 
oh, I hope this doesn't affect the rent. I mean, to be fair, legit concerns yeah. for a landlord. <laughs> let's see. She, she like, I, let's see. The alien Christopher Lloyd gives like a cover story. He, his name is Uncle Martin. Uh, she's immediately horny for Christopher Lloyd. So much. Yeah. Uh, does one of them lick the other? I don't remember. Wait, do what? Uh, I have the, I have written down here, uh, oh yeah, uh, he licks her and, like, he licks her hands or something and she's like, yeah, he, yeah, he does the thing where, like, you know, where a gentleman, like, kisses a lady's hand, but he licks her entire hand. This from the guy who last night was like, ooh, saliva exchange. I would never engage in something so disgusting. And then, like, a few hours later, here you are. <laughs> and here we are. Let's see, he's... He, like, covers it by saying he's from New York. Uh, yeah. She establishes that Mr. Brown is dead. And... And I guess that she's open for a relationship. Uh, I think what happens next is that Martin and uh, O'Hara go to a hardware store to pick up supplies to repair the ship. Yeah. He needs to fix the ship, so they go to Ace. And it, it does it does a very funny joke where he asks for some random bit of alien technology and the kid's just like, uh, you mean for a garden hose? <laughs> so yeah, they pick up whatever they can. Uh, they also pick up a pooper scooper for fun. For some reason, I thought this might come up again. It doesn't. I did too. I thought it would come back, but... No, it's just for right now. He just thinks yeah, they're cool. There's bi there are incidental... Excuse me. Incidental details that have... That do come up later. Uh, I think even ones that have come up now. Uh, uh, let's see. As they're leaving the hardware store, uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd tells O'Hara about Nienert, who was a Martian scientist who arrived on Earth in 1964 and was presumably abducted by the U.S. government. Or so he assumes, at least. They never saw Nienert again. Yeah. Next scene, they go to a clothing store to uh, get some inconspicuous clothes for for, <laughs> for uh, Christopher Lloyd. They do just go to, like, a beach shop. Yeah. So they... They do. They It is, yeah, just just beachwear. He claims to be the be the best dressed being on his planet which at this point now I'm wondering if that means that like he's the only person with a zoot are they mass produced cuz I would figure everyone would or more people would look would be dressed the way he is could be like a status symbol or something maybe i guess that's my best. i think it'd be fun i think it'd be funnier if like 
Zoot is an is an older model that he's just hanging on to, going, "No, this one still looks cool, even though nobody wears it anymore." <laughs> it's still hip, damn it. Uh, we get this whole awful bit, this whole Zoot scene. Uh, Zoot has been abandoned by Christopher Lloyd for normal clothes. He's having a, yeah, and he's having a panic attack in the dressing room. Poor Zoot. Yeah. Uh, some lady comes in, and Zoot smacks her on the ass twice. Uh, then Zoot... Yeah. Then Zoot gets horny for a dress and starts dancing with it. Which, like, again, I'm just sitting here, which now I'm just sitting here wondering, like, is that how they get new clothes on Mars? Oh! Do their, do their clothes breed? When does Zoot, I, Zoot and a dress why, love each other very why much? Does your, why does your jumpsuit have a libido? It's genuinely awful. Uh, why did your wings? It's not a good scene, but I do like the the line. You're, uh, I'm a polymorph. You're a polyester. It wasn't meant to be. Zoot moons Christopher Lloyd. I think. Uh, there's no yeah, ass, so it's just like opening a, a butthole. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I'm trying to figure out what happens next. Uh. Oh, like uh, Zoot gets all pissy at, that Christopher Lloyd's not that Martin's not wearing him, and like spits out all or just drops all of his like shape shifting gum all over the place. Yeah, yeah, he turns into a little amulet thing. That's sort of the default form for Zoot, I guess. Uh, they start collecting them, and and like. I think at at this point we establish what the uh, gum does, which, as you said, it shape it shape shifts you to whatever dominant species the planet the uh, gum is based on. Uh, in this specific case, there he he took an Earth one. They're called Nurplexes. Yeah, he warns O'Hara about like the Venox Seven one. Just, just say no. Uh, Which is not foreshadowing at all. No. At all. No, that definitely does not come back later on. Not it's this... It's this evil-looking, like, dark red spiky ball thing, so, like, they're already trying to make it look sinister. Which, again, it's an, it's a, an interesting plot. It's kind of a neat plot convenience for how he's able to blend in. But at the same time, now I'm just wondering, like, why is it seemingly so common for people on Mars to have shape shifting gum? Plot. Like, do they do I, this a lot? Plot. I guess That's it's why. for space travel. Because it's, I guess, got to be like to help them fit in. It's a plot coupon. There you go. It makes sense to me. Just you know, you need to go to other planets, maybe. Your biology isn't suited for other planets. You take the special emergency gun. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it's also if you're trying to make sure that other people aren't aware of you. That would be something good to have on hand. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think. I didn't think about it like that. I was. I was sitting here thinking, like, are they just assholes that go spy on everyone? But that makes a lot, that makes more. I sense. mean, they could okay. be assholes too. Yeah, I wouldn't put it beyond <laughs> them. 
Uh, given some of the other things that happened in this movie. Yeah, that's fair. We cut to the senior citizen tanning contest. Uh, which, yeah, it's it's a bunch of old people, and they're they're uh, scantily clad, and they're gross and old. And Brace hates being there. That is fan disservice. Ha! <laughs> Thank you, Steve Brooks. <laughs> There's. <coughs> uh, the person, like, working with uh, Brace this time is Felix, who is this Indian man who uh, has an accent and gets words wrong. Yeah, Not very Brace can't understand his accent, and it's very, very funny, we assure you. Yeah. Holy oh, PC. I forgot to mention this, but uh, when I was looking through IMDb, this... Uh, let's see, Brace is played by Elizabeth Hurling, mm-hmm. Hurley, who... Has a number of roles, including playing Vanessa Kensington in most of the first two Austin Powers movies. Uh, she was. She's also in the uh, recent Runaways TV series. He I watched that a bit. She was the devil in that Brendan Fraser movie, which I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me. Yeah. Bedazzled. Thank you. Yeah, yeah she was Morgan LeFay in Runaways, and that was a. Uh, from what I saw, that was pretty good. Uh, she was Queen Helena in the Royals. Elizabeth Hurley is a good actress. I like her. Yeah. Yeah. Bedazzled, if y'all haven't seen it, was... At least I remember being good. It was pretty I'm good. Sure it's one of those ones that... It was one of the Brendan go Fraser's good ones. Okay, good. Okay. It's got Brendan Fraser, and he's a good guy, so I'm just going to say it's still good, and I'm not going to go back to prove that. It, it, right. Yeah, it's a younger Brendan Fraser. Anyway. Yeah, so what else happens in this movie? Um. Okay, so yeah, we're at the tanning contest. There's... Tim shows up and tells... Was it Felix you said the guy's name is? Yeah, uh, Felix. Yeah, Felix, like... Oh, you can't use any big words with Brace. She just won't get it. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Christopher Lloyd's stomachs. Or Christopher Lloyd sees the ocean and he's like, holy shit, real water. We have to get our water from the rocks. Uh, Which, like, that's got to be a process. Right. Like, can you imagine just having to, like, go out in your backyard and just start squeezing random rocks just for a drink of water? <laughs> I. <laughs> I I guess um, you could make some sort of argument that it's like well water or something but yeah that's what I he says would yeah. be the closest equivalent yeah. I do Kat since you said that I do kind of wish that like they made water bottles that just looked like rocks that I could just toss all around my backyard dude right <laughs> all right <laughs> Uh, the only problem would be I could see having a little bit of an issue trying to teach the difference uh, to Grayson. I can totally <laughs> picture your kid just going out and picking up random rocks. <laughs> see, Christopher Lloyd's stomach starts rumbling, so they get the they go to the nearest available food source, which is an ice cream shop. Uh, like, there's a whole bit about how how Christopher Lloyd doesn't want to eat ice cream because it's basically just lard. 
<laughs> but I guess he eats it anyways, as we'll see later. Uh, yeah, Tim, yeah, Tim kind of just abandons him there and hopes for the best. I fully agree, though, with his uh, with Martin's stance on ice cream. The one scoop is too many, and a million are never enough. But yeah, Tim uh, Tim goes back to the news van and like. They don't show him take it, but basically starts asking, hey, do we still have all of that hidden camera stuff? The implication being that he's going to put it up around his house so he can try to catch Martin as a Martian. Trying to catch him being all Martian-y. Alien. Brace is yelling at Felix because Felix got some words mixed up during the report. And he said, like, he's, I don't remember it was, I think it was like contraceptions instead of preconceptions. <laughs> yeah, I think he was trying to say preconceptions and she was saying everything but that, something like that. Well, it's not super important. Yeah. Mildly entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said mildly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, they go. Or after that scene's done, Tim goes back to the ice cream place to pick up Martin and Wolf. Oh yeah. Oh wait, that doesn't happen yet. There's like, doesn't it? Uh, there's know. one other thing that happens. O'Hara and Lizzie take a moment to talk after last night, and uh, right, 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 right. Let's see. Lizzie says they should just be friends, but then they kiss anyways. <laughs> Friends with benefits. You know, making out buddies. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Coli and some G-Man abduct Brace. Oh yeah, they do just straight up grab her from this, don't they? Yeah. Felix is freaking out because she's missing. Uh, and then we get the commotion at the ice cream store. Martin is... Having a time with this ice cream. Mm. He's he's gone ice cream drunk. He's I th- I don't think we've mentioned yet, but he's like I guess apparently tele telekinetic. He can point at stuff and specifically make that move. Yeah, it's telekinesis. And he's like making the like ice cream float all over the store, getting it on basically everything. But. Yeah, so Tim comes to sort of retrieve him, I guess, tries to get him out of there real quick, shouts some line about, oh, we got to get you back to the home, Uncle Martin. Ha ha ha. <laughs> My crazy uncle got out, you guys. As they're leaving some dude, or this guy in sunglasses that we saw with the feds on the beach last night is watching them and just takes a lick of ice cream. Eventually, I think the next scene is... Christopher Lloyd having an ice cream hangover while uh, working on the ship. We get we get this bit about how it's actually a rental and his original ship is actually in repairs for a tune-up. Um, yeah, his it's mid-century tune-up. I think he's he think I have a hit. I think he called it. Huh. First day with your new tongue, Stephen. Yeah. Do what? I said first day with your new tongue there. Uh, Zood is 
washing in the washing machine and having a hell of a time. Having, yeah, just having the time of his life, it seems like. I think around this point, like, they start talking with each other and, uh, O'Hare offers to, uh, let, uh, Martin just, uh, relax in the hot tub because having access to water is a rare luxury. Uh, yeah, basically he says something about, oh, I just want to stop being, stop looking like a human for a minute and just relax in the water. I think. Yeah. I don't remember. But yeah, the point is he, he lets Martin hang out in his hot tub as a Martian. I cannot believe O'Hare has a fucking hot tub. But I guess that's the 90s. Yeah. Let's see. I think the next scene is uh, in, like, the secret base or whatever that uh, the government's yeah, got. This. Yeah, it switches over to to where they are. They've got Brace, like, strapped into... I was going to say a chair, but I guess it's really just a metal slab, isn't it? Yeah. Coli is interrogating Brace and accuses her of being a body snatcher. Then, like, some other scientists come in and confirm that uh, the cigarette they observed that had alien DNA also had human DNA on it. She's a human... She's a real girl. Woohoo! Uh, Brace is able to seduce Dr. Coli. Uh, like, she's barely Coli. even tries, but I guess, haha, nerd be horny. Yeah. I mean, come on, it's Elizabeth Hurley. Meh. I think we cut back to, uh, O'Hare's house, O'Hara's house where. Christopher Lloyd has removed his disguise and is uh, bathing in the hot tub. There's a bit where Mrs. Brown asks what the hell he's doing, and he says he's uh, spying on his uncle in the hot tub. And He's in the hot tub, and I'm watching. <laughs> yeah. And she just goes, oh, I guess they're that kind of family, and walks <laughs> off, and it's like, eh. I don't uh... ask any more questions. I can't be held liable. I hate this. Uh, uh, they eventually get ready for bed. Uh, Oof, this thing. Yeah, they're... O'Hara's exhausted. He wants some rest. Uh, Christopher Lloyd goes to bed. And then almost immediately wakes up. It turns out that uh, Martian sleep cycles are only 30 seconds. Yeah, so he's, like, Tim, Tim hasn't even had time to fall asleep, and Martin's already back and raring and ready to go. And so it's, like, this, thinking about it now, this drags on for a good couple minutes, but that's really all the scene is, huh? Yeah. He's, he wants a night on the town. Uh, I think the next scene is, like, the following morning, there. At the ice cream shop, which hasn't opened yet. And, uh, let me try to figure, figure out what's going on Tim next. No uh, uh, Tim notices they're being followed. Mm -hmm. 
Martin says, no way, my extrasensory perception would have gotten it, then smacks his head, and he's like, oh, crap, wait. Yeah, there's... It's like a recurring bit, I think, that, like, his antennae that he normally has are, like, damaged somehow. Like, they got damaged when he... Um, yeah, when Tim knocked him out earlier, he, like, bent one of the antenna. So now it just comes out and it's just hanging. I don't remember what happens next. Do so they just go back or... Oh! Yeah, they realize they're being followed by the sunglasses guy and just go home. Yeah. Alright, I guess. Um, Zoot's getting wasted on fabric softener. Christopher Lloyd finds out there's an ISS on this rental. Meanwhile... Oh, dang, what did he say it stands for? Was it Interstellar Security System? uh, Yeah, the Interstellar Safety System. That was it. It does get explained in a bit. Uh, I just want to mention... O'Hara is like reviewing the footage he took and just like casually refers to uh Christopher Lloyd as Uncle Martin and he's starting to realize I like this guy. I think he calls up Lizzie to like talk and ask him to meet or something. Yeah, and he words things just vaguely enough that she thinks he has that he she thinks that he wants to confess or his feelings to her or something. Yeah. Martin starts reading the pantry and explains that the ISS is the interstellar safety system, which is a device that ensures that uh, more primitive life forms cannot get their hands on alien technology by uh, making it explode. Boom. Because that's a reasonable response. Duh. <laughs> Fuck you, I mean... I mean, in fairness, it will keep anyone from getting their hands on it, I guess. Exactly. The permanent solution. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they've got, I think he says like a day to get the ship fixed. They have until 9 o'clock that night, I think. That's um, it, okay. Yeah, uh... Let's see, yeah, the... Brace shows up. Mm-hmm. Oh, Christopher Lloyd gets depressed and starts literally falling apart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, he he experiences existential dread and, like, his arms and legs and head fall off, which... Same dude. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know that feel, bro. Which, <laughs> which does make me wonder, though, if, like, the mental health on Mars has to be a lot better since stuff that that ours that we would normally ignore just you know is so much more visible so that's that's probably a good thing for mars well the fact that he fell apart that quick after being on earth for that short a time (laughs) which again same (laughs) right but yeah brace is here and o'hara gets horny for her uh yeah, having completely, I guess, forgotten that he's got Lizzie actively on her way over. Yeah. He has to, like, hide uh, Christopher Lloyd's, uh, d- yeah, just body parts everywhere. <laughs> uh, 
little squishy bits. There's really, there's not much to the scene aside from that leads to a gag where, like, his arm starts giving her a neck massage for some reason. Yeah, the whole point of the scene is Brace is trying to uh, uh, seduce O'Hara into uh, giving up the alien footage. Meanwhile, uh, Lizzie arrives, uh, and Christopher Lloyd tells O'Hara to listen to his heart because uh, Lizzie, er, sorry, uh, yeah, because he can tell thanks to the fact that he turned into him that O'Hara truly loves Lizzie. Uh, Which, yeah, it's like it's given just kind of a quick line, but I guess when he turned into Tim earlier in the movie, he could like read his mind in the process or something. Anyway, yeah. And like that's why he thought it was okay to make out with Lizzie earlier. And still, maybe not, bro. Maybe don't do that. Dude, I'm. Your species understands consent, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so... so, uh, Well, he does say later on that he's never had feelings, so... I I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Although I gotta call that into question, because he definitely has been acting like he, he has and understands feelings throughout this movie. Yeah, Lizzie spots Brace, who is leaving with the uh, with the tapes. Uh, she she of course thinks that stuff happened. Those are their sex tapes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, because they're women in a movie, that is Lizzie's instant first assumption is that they they were doing it and that those must be sex tapes so she's like immediately crying <laughs> the next time the next shot that we see her i mean what you guys don't automatically assume the worst i mean no sometimes well yeah see dan gets it uh, <laughs> I'm also super oblivious to a lot of stuff. Apparently I was being hit on by a waiter one time and just didn't even catch it. Okay, huh. knowing you, that's actually hilarious and I can also totally see it happening. Yeah. Anyway, though, not the point. Back to the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if we don't get derailed at least once or twice, I mean, is this even a podcast? Yeah, that's just how podcasting I works. Mean, yeah, that's true. That is just podcasting, huh? <laughs> I mean, at least we didn't go off into, like, hentai cat girls like we did last time. Yet. That's... Yeah, yet. See? There's still time. No, we just talked about, uh... We just talked about sex tapes. Uh... Right. And assuming the worst about said sex tapes. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, but, yeah, Tim comes out of the bathroom, and Brace is gone, Lizzie's there, like, pissed off at him. Straight up tells him, "You better hope there was nothing. If there was anything kinky on those vi- on those videos, you better get Brace to give them back or something like that." I'm trying to figure out what happens next. Uh, 
She get, I think it just oh. kind of has her storm off, right? Yeah, she starts to storm off, but then she hears a mysterious voice in Zoot. Uh, Zoot, for whatever reason, grabs Lizzie into the ship. I think, like... T- yeah, I kind of blinked and missed how that scene... Yeah. Yeah, she's just stuck in there with uh, them, and uh, they shrink the ship. Again, uh, they're gonna, I, I thought O'Hara was gonna take the ship with them, but instead O'Hara just, uh, leaves it, yeah, and goes to the news station with, uh, Christopher Lloyd to, uh, get the, I guess get the tapes and prevent, uh, Martin from getting exposed. He admits to... While they're there, he admits to Martin that the whole, basically his whole thing about I've been filming you in secret, but I decided not to go, or I decided not to expose you because it turns out I like you. Martin's able to pull himself together and he gives Tim just a big old hug, which is actually nice to see. That scene, that scene, I found a scene in the movie that's good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But then the next scene has him like tie up brace so that he can pretend to be her. I mean, we can't have too much yeah. of a good thing. Yeah. Well, that one, I guess, isn't. I mean, it's not great, but like all he does is tie her up and then run out to pretend to be her. So could have been worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 O'Hara's going to deal with the tapes. Uh, Martin's going to deal with, uh, with a uh, brace and, then everything that could go wrong goes wrong. Uh, yeah. Murphy's Law to the extreme. Dude. But yeah, he goes out there and starts trying to do the, do the, I guess, report that she would have been doing reading off the teleprompter. Since it established earlier that Brace is always chewing on gum and they make her spit it out. They make Martin spit out the Nerplex. Yeah, Nerplex. I forgot the word for a minute. They make him spit out a shape-shifting gum. There. Yeah, like, he starts to undo himself. Uh. Uh, but, uh. O'Hara was successfully able to switch the tapes. Uh. I. I don't remember what happens really in this scene. Just, uh, Basically, like he's uh, he switches out the tapes, tells Felix some line about, oh, there was some editing mistakes on that tape, so this is the the one that you didn't actually need to put on. He hides under the desk to try and find the gum, so that oh, haha! Once everyone switches back and looks back over at Brace, Tim is just popping up out from under the desk. Yeah. Uh. Yes. But yeah, it um she goes to well she Martin in the form of Brace goes to or tells gives like whatever cue to have them switch over to what they think is the alien footage, but it's a it's a <laughs> that this did get a chuckle out of me in fairness. Basically, he switched it with footage from the senior citizen tanning contest, so it switches over to a shot of some dude making his pecs dance at Grace. I I think what happens next is like 
Coli and some G-Men go to check on Brace and find her tied up. They, they're they chasing Tim and Martin through the studio and like run by the room where Brace is tied up. And oh my god, you guys, it's such a hilarious scene. Okay, so what happens is Dr. Coli, see, he notices that Brace is tied up. And he tells the other G-Men, you go on ahead. I think she's been exposed to the alien, so I'm going to give her a quick physical examination. Because, you see, implied sexual assault is funny. Yeah, yeah. Love that shit in my Disney movie. Uh, We eventually cut back to uh, Mrs. Brown taking the ship. It's apparently 7 p.m. now. I guess. There's there's a car chase. They have... They try to get, like... They try to set up a roadblock. Uh, uh, they shrink the car so they can go under. Which, this... Yeah, this one was actually kind of a neat sequence. Them, like, shrinking the car yeah. so they can zoom between the cop cars. That was actually kind of neat. Yeah. While they're shrunk down, they, uh... Hide out in a storm drain. Honey, I shrunk the alien. Hmm. Ha. Oh, damn. That'd be a good movie. <laughs> yeah. So, to get him back, they uh, get a nearby plumber with his Roto-Rooter to just... Just go after them with that thing. Which, okay, in fairness, I've never had to have anything rooted, so I don't necessarily know what a Roto-Rooter looks like, but this thing, if... They send the most sinister fucking thing down there after after these guys into the pipes. Yeah, they send up murder claw. Cause trouble. <laughs> there we go. Oh, that's a good word for it. Yeah, it it is. It's just a murder claw. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. There's yeah. They chase them through the pipes until eventually, uh. Uh, Martin and O'Hara end up in a toilet. Uh, yep. And then a big fat guy is about to take a big dump on them, but then they get big and are able to stop it from happening. And they drive out of this house that they've completely destroyed. Yeah. Which, like, they ram right into the dude, so... I mean, that that just that destroys his lower half, right? Like, his whole pelvis, legs, lower back, all of that's gotta be just sand at this point. He seems okay, but I don't know. Uh... Mrs. Brown... Wait, what happens next? Uh... Yeah, they yeah, get they're to... only like right near her, so he goes and makes out with her so he can steal the ship from her. Yeah. Somewhere between the last scene and this scene, they figured out that the one part they couldn't fi- get to work right was like the specific device and like like O'Hara's able to figure out, well, can an alternator do that? It basically does the same thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, we'll do the alternator. And uh, Christopher Lloyd takes out the alternator from this now... Just rips it out. This mess of a car. Uh, 
And they have, like, a fun exchange because, yeah, the car's totaled, but, but hey, it's fine. Everybody's now. Yeah. And then he gets tranked by XCOM. Uh, the government agents, like, take them in. I think from this point on, I just refer to them as XCOM in my notes. Uh, That's fair. Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what's going on with O'Hare. I, he's, like, knocking on a window of an office. I don't think he's locked up. I can't tell if he's locked up or not, honestly. It's, yeah, it's not super clear. He's somewhere in the whole, I guess, place where they are. But it's not super clear if they have him locked up or if he's just in, like, the waiting room. Martin is getting, like, stuff taken out of his skull and... Yeah, they just rip out his one of, or his antenna, which... Like, that's probably not good for him, right? Yeah, that seems really bad. That honestly made me cringe. Yeah. yeah. It's a hell of a thing to do. Uh, uh, O'Hara tricks uh, some of the scientists into uh, making the ship grow. It gets bigger than before. <laughs> Zoot and Lizzie are able to get out, and then one of the soldiers, like, points a gun at them. Zoot starts to just fucking fight, but... Yeah, he... He's able to knock out one of the soldiers? I kind of lost track of what was happening. Yeah, I think he, like... He is able to take out one of them. There's some point at... There's somewhere at some point where one of... Either Zoot or Hera just, like, Smash, uh... Yeah, so, like... Zoot and O'Hara... So it's... I think it's Zoot, Lizzie, and O'Hara are all in the scene with, uh, two soldiers. Uh, Zoot gets into a fist fight with one of the soldiers. Uh, at one point, uh, O'Hara just, like, smashes a... Fire extinguisher on the back of the big guy's head. And he just, like, looks back at them. Okay, yeah. But it gives Zoot the opportunity to keep fighting, and he beats him. But the other guy just shoots him. Just, just yeah, this whole fist fight, and then the other guy's just like, "Hey, wait, guns exist." Yeah, this guy's armed. He shoots Zoot twice. <laughs> Not the suit. Uh, and it's around this point they figure out that they can make Lizzie chew on the Venox Seven gum, which. Turns her into a big 90s CG alien monster. And uh, it does. She eats a soldier. And then she, she does. Turns... She just eats a guy. Which, like. Is Lizzie. Do you think that counts as cannibalism? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, oh shit, cannibalism. But wait, she was an alien at the time. But no, okay. I'd say still counts. I okay, say it yeah, counts. Okay. Lizzie eats people now. Uh, <laughs> it's not like uh, something you would say about your pet. Like, oh yeah, Lizzie eats people now. She turns back and like 
It's all fun and games. Uh, Zoot, however, is near dead. Martin is also near dead. Uh, but, uh... Yeah, it's not super clear with Martin. I guess he's, like, having some kind of reaction to the anesthetic that they have him knocked out with. Yeah. They uh, they did just kind of tear the antenna out of his head. He, like, yeah. he seems to be able to survive that. Because after the next scene, he's fine. Uh, but, yeah, uh... When they realize that Martin might be dead, Coli clears out the room. And then, uh... O'Hara shows up and shocks uh, Coli with some defibrillator paddles. They're able to get the zoot to form itself around Martin, which somehow restores them both. They're able to escape the facility well enough from that point on. Uh, they get a decent distance away, and Martin grows the ship back up. It's bigger than before. And they finish the repairs on the ship. Yeah, it takes them all of, like, a couple seconds now that they know what they need to do, I guess. They they really just needed that alternator. Uh... Yeah, I guess that was all that all they needed to do. He just, he gets it into place, and I guess they're good. Martin kisses Lizzie on the mouth, or O'Hara? Was it Martin? I can't, I might have my notes wrong. I don't remember. Yeah, no, I think he does. Yeah, because he says, I did that before, and it was still good, or something like that. And she's like, what? Yeah. But, uh, the G-Men are here now. Coli has an assault rifle. Because why not? Uh, he's just pointing this thing at them. But then, uh, the senior government agent that we've been seeing throughout this movie shows up again. And he uses psychic powers to get the assault rifle out of Coli's hands. Thus proving that the only thing that can truly defeat a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a telekinetic finger. Yeah. Uh, disarmament. Uh... It, uh, we find out that the senior government agent was Neener all along, and uh, he and Rex toss. Or sorry, he and uh, <laughs> he and Martin toss around Coli uh, with their psychic powers, and like start warping his head like one of those um, birthday cards you see with like the crazy animal heads. Neener gives uh, Martin his antennae back. And... Which he just has in a bag now. I guess you're supposed to assume he can put them back in later on. Yeah. They go back into their Martian forms. And the ship takes off and flies away. Yeah. Tim does, like, before they leave, the, uh, Martin and Tim do hug and say their goodbyes. Tim says, I'm going to miss you. Come back and visit sometime. But I guess what Martin heard from that was, hey, please please move in with me and live on my couch. Yeah. Uh, the ship takes off and flies away. Coli is able to find the dirty remnants of some Martian gum 
and he immediately starts pu- he immediately puts it in his mouth for science. Yeah. Uh he TFs into an alien and he swallows the gum which means he can't uh he stays that way forever. I guess, yeah. Yeah, he gets or I guess he gets taken in by XCOM and that's that's uh the end of the scene. Yeah, it kind of just cuts from there to yeah. the apartment where Tim and Lizzie yeah. are deciding to be a couple. Yeah, an unclear amount of time has passed. Uh, Brace has joined a group of UFO enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah, they're, oh, what was it? I think they're like chained to City Hall or something. They're chained to some big building trying to prove that aliens exist. Yeah, they're, it's the whole thing where they're like, they're chained to a building just shouting, aliens are real, the government is hiding the truth. So, so yeah, I guess everything kind of worked out for her. Yeah. Lizzie and O'Hara are together, and then the ship lands back in uh, O'Hara's garage, uh, and it's uh, Martin Zoot and Nienert. Martin's gonna live on Earth permanently. And who knows what shenanigans they'll get into next. Each and every week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is basically the end of it. Yeah. Um, The the movie ends with uh, Zoot having a good time in the washing machine. (laughs) He... He immediately goes back to the washing machine to have a party. Yeah. I guess when you're a sentient suit, you get your kicks where you can. Where you can. <laughs> it's You got to appreciate the little things. Right, right. But yeah, that really is kind of the end of it. Like, yeah. Martin and Zoot are moving in. Neener presumably is going back to Mars. Because. Reason. Yeah, no, we do see the we do see the ship take off again. I couldn't remember if we actually see him leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah he goes back. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the movie. It yeah, it sure is. Yeah, it had its moments, but honestly, it's kind of one of those movies where, like, if we hadn't picked it for this podcast, I probably never would have like willingly gone to watch it. That's probably going to apply to a lot of movies on this massive century-spanning list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, there you have it, folks. I thought I, li- I thought I still liked this movie, but I was wrong. I know better now. Yeah. <laughs> and this week an hour and a half later, and now I know. Uh, I don't think we got any asks. Let me just double-check. No. I didn't get anything no. from the we have, We've got an ask either. channel. Uh, folks, while while Dan's checking, we do have an ask channel on our Discord, so um, no one no one's dropped us any questions this time, but always feel free to give us anything you want to ask, just either in general or specific to the next movie we're going to be covering. Um, we'll also obviously put out a message uh, a little while in advance to, le- to let you guys know. Um, did we, we had, uh, Dan, you had brought up before, did we want to go ahead and let them know that we're going to be starting up a Twitter? Oh yeah, we should definitely start up a Twitter. Um, I will, yeah, 
one of us should set it up. Uh, maybe I'll do it. I will add in the URL or the Twitter handle for it in post. Okay, yeah. So y'all, that'll be in the show notes. I I don't know why I'm pointing downward. Nobody's gonna be able to see me and. Also, as far just, as yeah. as far as submitting ass goes, um, if any listeners are a member of the What the Disney group on Facebook, I do also post the updates about the show on there, like just letting them know when we do new episodes. Um, so you can also post questions on there. On my phone. Uh, do we want to pick our next movie? I, yes. Oh, what was the, what was our yeah. rotation? Hang on. Yeah, it's you, cat, me, random. So, cat, what? Uh, That's it. Okay. Do you have any movies in mind? Uh, yes, I do, actually. It's one that I haven't seen in a really long time, but also kind of like underrated. I'm thinking next week we will be doing Atlantis. Oh, fuck Ooh. yes. All right. Let's fucking go for it. No, that's uh, one that, like, you know, you doesn't really get a lot of rotation, but it's a good movie. Yeah, I watched it um, since we have Disney Plus and we're just watching Disney movies all the time for Grayson now. I watched that. A week or two ago, and I am proud to say that one holds up. Yeah, I remember watching it as a kid and really liking it. I was actually going to watch it last night, and then I got distracted by a uh, civil war. <laughs> fair. I mean, to be fair, still a good movie too. But I am looking forward to it. Uh... It was a toss-up between that one and. Um... It was between that one and Treasure Planet, but I've seen Treasure Planet recently because I actually have it on my iTunes. So I was like, oh, I'll right. do Atlantis. Okay. Uh, All right. So, yeah. Um, y'all st- uh, stick around and ca- uh, catch us back here in two weeks for for Atlantis. The Lost Empire. That was it. That was like the Lost something. Well, I almost said Milo's Return, but that was the sequel, which I haven't seen. I have not either. Because we know Disney's the track thumb- record with animated sequels. Ooh. The thumbnail they have for it on Disney Plus looks like some Scooby-Doo level animation. So. Oh, boy. Yeah, so. I just remember liking the Demolitions Expert guy, Vinny. Fair. Yeah, also, after our next recording... Yeah, our next recording is going to be in October, and once we're in that deep, I know exactly what movie I want to pick for our Halloween movie. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll be recording on the 4th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It'll be my birthday month, yay! It'll be Um, my brother's birthday. Oh, nice. I'm on the 17th, two weeks to the day before Halloween. So, with that in mind, uh, do we have any sort of sign-off we want to stick to? I don't think we've gotten one decided. I don't think we have yet. Alright. In that case, I'll just say... Oh, wait. We should do plugs. Uh, Oh, right. uh, Yeah, I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places, and you can find all those places at linktr.ee slash Mike underscore Dawson with a zero. From there, you can find my Twitter. You can find uh, my 
my uh, other podcasts, which include Pod of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. We're almost done with it. We're almost done with uh, the last. We're the last arc of the first series. Uh, then we'll. And then there's the Sonic Shuffle, a random and holistic Sonic lore podcast. Uh, I recorded an episode just yesterday uh, where we discussed uh, some shorts, including the OKKO crossover and uh, Night of the Werehog. Uh, you can listen to Strangers Fiction, an actual play podcast focused, excuse me, focused on one shots. Uh, we recently. Recorded an episode with, well, we recently uploaded an episode of the uh, skateboarding RPG Skate or Die by Riley Hopkins. Uh, you can also find my art blog and my Kodash fee, where for as little as $3, you can order a commission from me. Uh, and of course, there is at Xbox underscore holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. Uh... Very recently, it was Rosh Hashanah. Happy Rosh Hashanah, Xbox. By the time this goes up, it will be Yom Kippur. So, happy Yom Kippur, Xbox. Uh, yeah, uh... Yeah, so, that'll be... That'll be it for me. Uh, Stephen, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, um, I have a joke... Twitter page that I run just posting dad jokes once a day. Um, that is at dad underscore tastic. My main Twitter is the only other thing I've got going on. That is at marshmallow. It's spelled like marshmallow, but it's got my name in it. And I don't really lurk around online as much anymore, um, but you can check, you can catch me floating around random uh, discord servers under Zura 2320. That's Z-U-R-A. Uh, other than that, uh, I also lurk on the What the Disney group on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a sign-off yet. We'll come up with some at some point. Between this week and our next recording, we need to, like, collaborate on a sign-off. Yeah. Uh, For now, I guess just remember, we can't miss you if you don't leave. Yeah. I like it. Tim told Martin. Sure. Uh, <laughs> fuck Walt Disney and the Disney Corporation. Uh, there we go. Oh, I think you said that last time, too. That <laughs> Honestly, that kind of works. Yeah. And we can always just modify it when when it suits us. Like, if we cover a Pixar film, I can throw John Lasseter in there. When uh, it suits us. And remember, if at first you don't succeed, destroy all evidence that you tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So soon, and isn't this a crime? We know by now the time knows how to fly. <laughs> so here's goodbye. So soon, you'll find your separate way. If time's so short, I'll say so long and go. So soon, goodbye. Followed me 
I followed you, we were like each other's shadows for a while. Now as you see, this game is through, so although it hurts, I'll try to smile as I say.